0: The Matt Hasselbeck Show, presented by Infinity of Bellevue and Linwood,
1: Seahawks legend Matt Hasselbeck takes you inside the Seahawks and the NFL for a full hour, exclusively on the Mike Sox Show.
2: Matt, good morning, man. How we doing today? Hello, Matt. We got you? Hello. Oh, there Hello. we go. Hey, yeah. how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. Well, you know, I'm fighting off something. Maybe oh, a no. cold. Maybe <laughs> a flu. I don't know. You just that had, time of year. That time of year,
1: guys. You sound better than Clayton. We were just talking to John. He's like, John's coughing up a lung, but he's like the Terminator. Like, there's nothing that will get John Clayton to quit talking.
2: Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I uh, hopefully... Well, yeah, hopefully he feels okay. Well, you know, we, it's, uh, it's flu season. You got to be careful.
1: All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's dig into this here. I heard uh, how'd it go last week with uh, with Left and Bumbus. I heard I was uh, getting Wally Pipp. So did everything go
2: okay? Wally Pip is the most fun I've ever had in radio. It's like the most <laughs> fun hour. Really, all of us. In fact, the whole the whole network, the yes. whole station, yes. like all of Cairo, all of ESPN, yeah. all of Seven Ten. They said, just seems happier, yeah. less negativity, more positivity. <laughs> You know, it was uh, hope you enjoyed wrong. your vacation. I'm not sure where you were. Where uh, were you? I was
1: in Bend, Oregon, just uh spent a little time with the family.
2: Okay yeah. A little, little Pinot Noir What, what were we well, doing Well
1: yeah I mean you got the Bledsoe Family Winery Down there obviously Drew's uh, kind of set up yeah. Camp down there So double, there's Doubleback Yeah Doubleback double back yeah. And the Family yeah. Winery
2: and, yeah, I saw a- him sitting With uh, Robert Kraft At the Patriots Titans game Sitting in the box In yeah. the suite Drinking wine That's an expensive wine To sell at Gillette Stadium Though you know Like usually Stadium wine Isn't like the highest Of end You know I don't know Maybe it is But Doubleback It's like a, That's, that's high end wine So yeah. yeah It's pricey So I mean, I get that you would serve it in the craft luxury suite, but, you know, I'm not sure if in like the 300 level, of, like double back, you know, are you paying, you know, $45 for a glass of wine? No. I'm not. That's know. more of
1: the. That's where you yeah. get the passing time. That's uh, the Damon and, and uh, Dan Marino project. I,
2: I, I like the Damon Heward, uh, Dan Marino. Yeah, one. that's uh, that's more my price point right now. What? It's um, hilarious. What
1: Drew Bledsoe seems like he's got the best life in the world. Like he just seen like he's always like, oh, I'm like, jumping off. a am taking a private plane to go skiing or just like whatever he does. Seems like he's got the greatest life.
2: Yeah, I had a layover in Arizona with him, uh, one year and I'm like, so what are you up to? And he kind of told me, he's like, well, basically I go around to nice restaurants all around the country and I see if they want to carry our wine. So I'll go to a nice dinner and I'll serve our nice wine and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, how that business could work for us, for them. And I'm like, wait, that, that's work? Like that's your job? Like that <laughs> sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty great
1: he uh, he seems like a really great guy all the times we've had him on love uh, love talking to Drew let's uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm avoiding digging into what's been going on with the Seahawks cuz it was that was a really tough one to watch on monday it was it, it just looked different than some of the other losses we've seen over the years i was saying yesterday that that when the Seahawks have gotten beat badly in the past we've seen them kind of get suffocated by a defensive line at times like with Aaron Donald and others where they just they seem like they can't function because the defensive line is in the backfield or we've seen them and we've seen all teams do this where they just get like just sloppy right where you, you just you you self-inflicted wounds and mistakes and fumbles and turnovers it didn't feel like either of those things were the problem they just look kind of lost to me Matt on Monday especially offensively.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that you uh would you say you hadn't seen it like this? I, I think it's the same thing we've been seeing all year. Um yeah, it's like it's like, oh we could have won that game, but we didn't. Um you know, they they don't they don't look in sync offensively. Uh their defense is playing pretty good, but definitely not good enough to overcome how the offense is playing. Uh mistakes, like a critical mistake somewhere this time at the end of the game with special teams, but you know, just the the offense is something's up you know and it's and it's not it's not clicking and it's not precise and uh, you know the quarterback is Russell Wilson but he's not he's not playing like Russell Wilson
1: well that seems pretty clear I mean you know Russ has been the thing that makes this thing go
2: for for essentially a decade now what do you think is going on Yeah, I don't know. I mean there's it's a small sample size when you review that game. I mean there's five plays in the in the first quarter, there's six plays in the second quarter that are sort of gradable plays for him. But you know, in that small sample size, you know, there's 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 errors of those five plays in the first quarter, there's two errors. Like that's it's almost half the plays in the first quarter. And are those those accuracy errors or decision making errors? I would say both both okay. on the first third and nine it was a decision and a and a and a throw you don't recognize um you know all the reports are that hey he looks great in practice he looks great in practice the, the finger's fine he's throwing the ball fine um but then it's not translating to the game so you know it's a head scratcher i i don't i don't know the answer to that I, it doesn't sound like they know the answer to that and you know it's sports you're human and sometimes you get in a funk. Um, or maybe there's something else going on or you're not trusting your protection or maybe you're thinking about other stuff. But but listen, there there's also great plays. You know, and I think that's probably part of the the head scratcher. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the touchdown pass to Everett in the first quarter was excellent throw. You know, he's, he's tight coverage, great throw, great third down throw. Third down's a huge issue for this team, but that's a great third down play. The play to lock it, the deep ball and the short yardage play on the third and one, like those are the hard ones for me to sort of figure out the solution because the play calls for just a short throw in the flat for a two yard gain, third and one, get the first down. It was wide open. If he wanted it, it was wide open. Instead, he pumps it for absolutely no reason and takes the shot to lock it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yes. Great play. Great play. You know, so like I, it's like a great three-point shooter. You don't want to take away that three-point shooting, but at the same time, this is team football, and if you can find a way within the offense to just get a ton of layups early, get a get a ton of just easy ones early, then maybe you can keep your defense off the field, you're not losing time of possession so bad, and ultimately you're winning games.
1: I've heard you mention that before, the layups and the easy throws for Russ, right? They're just the, the ways to, to get him moving again. Can you go into a little more depth in, in terms of what that means and what a, an offensive coordinator can do to set up those gimmies, those layups?
2: I thought the best example that I've seen this year is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers go down and they played um, they played the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. It was a weird thing. I think there was a hurricane or something. And Aaron Rodgers was the worst quarterback in the NFL that that week. Like, there was nobody worse in the NFL. And, like, how do you get this great? Obviously, he's a great player. Obviously. He's a great, you know, quote, unquote, three-point three, three point shooter in a sense. How do you get him back on track? Well, you give him gimmies. You just get him in a rhythm. Get him in a flow. Get him in sync. And week two and beyond, you know, they've been one of the best teams in football right now. They're 9-3. And, and And he's one of the best players in football right now. And they got him back in sync with just completion plays, completion plays, and the shots will come it's just it's in him it's in his nature to take those shots i think russell wilson the same thing it's in his nature to be good at at shot plays what i'm seeing is i'm seeing a guy miss miss gimme throws and forcing shot plays and and that's you know that maybe has worked in the past it's uh like I said, the defense isn't good enough to kind of overcome and sort of carry the defense. There's teams around the league right now. Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions uh, this week was was really was really not himself. wasn't very good at all, and they get the win because the defense was so exceptional. And, and that's just not what the Seattle Seahawks are right now. They're a team that is in close games. There's just not enough margin uh, of for error for mm-hmm. them to to overcome it, and so they're losing all these games. and they're getting outplayed by, you know, Colt McCoy's offense, Taylor Heineke's offense. It's it's um it's not that far from getting fixed, but it's it's clearly it's clearly something's up. Something's well,
1: and, and right. we asked Pete about that this week. I mean, I, I asked him specifically what Shane Waldron can do with the offense to try to help Russ. And his answer, I thought, was was interesting. Here's Pete.
0: We um like I said, there was we were open, you know. We got open on, on place, and, and uh, so we were there, available, and that means that the call, the scheme, the prep, all that stuff, guys were where they needed to get, and, and we needed to just find our way to convert. Uh, I don't know that we drop any balls tonight. I don't remember, um, you know, not catching a football, you know, and, and uh, did not get any balls knocked down, you know, uh, you know, over, you know, at the line of scrimmage. So there's a, we just need to, we just need to come through and convert, and everybody needs to, to contribute to that.
1: Is that what you're
2: seeing on film? Are they getting guys open? He, I mean, he, he's he's absolutely right. He, he's kind of beating around the bush. I mean, you know, the, Mike Holmgren would say you got to throw it and catch it. Like that's your job. That's what you got to do. People are open. Now, it would be fair. It would be a fair criticism of some of the scheme. Like, you can make it easier on him. Like you're, the two point conversion is a play that sticks out to me. Sure. The two on the two point conversion. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Swain. Mm-hmm. He is wide open in the end zone, but they're leaving the running back in to kind of help on Daron Payne, the defensive tackle to help the right guard and because you're leaving the running back in the guy covering the running back is kind of in the lane for russell wilson to throw to swain so like it looks like swain's wide open but the guy that you think you're helping in pass protection that other linebackers kind of in the way russell Wilson's not the tallest guy anyway so like it just it, you made it really hard for him to be on time but again like This is the NFL. You're the quarterback. You're one of the best players in the game. We expect you to make that play. I I, I think that's what he's kind of beating around the bush, saying, like, ah, we had a chance right there.
1: Well, it's so so interesting you bring that one up because I wonder, okay, so they, 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 they do that with the running back. Is that a play calling issue or is that a we don't trust our right guard to be able to handle Deron Payne issue?
2: Yeah, it, listen, Jeron Payne's one of the best players in the game. He's, good. he's a beast. Yeah. I mean he's an absolute beast. That that Washington defense has been a huge disappointment this year, but those those D tackles have not. They're really, really good. You know, it hindsight's twenty twenty, so it's real easy for me to get up here and say this today. But right. like they're great players, but they're great players against the run. They're not this is not like a Aaron Donald like swim you at the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage. Get they're not pass rushers really. So Looking back, I'm sure they'd want to do that different. You know, there's another thing that they were doing in this game where they're chipping with Gerald Everett before he goes out on a shallow cross route. Well that's great, you chipped him. It, you know, you gave me more time as a quarterback, but now you're not where I, I would I would like you to be in terms of like completing the pass to you. So it's it's just a little bit out of sync. It's kinda of like on a screenplay. If you ever see a quarterback double clutch a screen pass, like the rhythm and the timing of it, it's just a little thing. The play is not gonna work. It's all gotta work together like uh you know, it's just got to be perfectly orchestrated or, or you're out of sync. And, and then, so there, there was just there's just too much of that right now, I feel like.
1: Talking about Hasselbeck, as we do every Wednesday, an entire nine o'clock hour, get to spend some time with Matt and get his opinion, some stories here as well. Um, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't officially eliminate the Seahawks, but it, it, it makes their chances of making the playoffs to be essentially, you know, close to zero. W- what do you do as a player once you've been eliminated? What, what do you what do you do here for the last six weeks?
2: I, I think there's this mindset out there that like oh people don't try as hard after uh you've been eliminated from the playoffs i, I don't think that's true at all i i can't really remember too many times where um where we were out i guess 08, 809 but like here's what here's the thing now there's they're they're looking to replace replace you they're looking to like pillage people off of other people's practice squads. They're, they're moving on to next year. So everything you do is being evaluated. I don't think the effort goes down at all. It's just a matter of maybe the philosophy of the team can kind of change a little bit when they decide, Hey, maybe we're going to give younger guys a look, but I've always, I've always sort of hated that. I've really loved the idea the mentality. Like, Hey, uh, it doesn't matter if we're playing for the championship or if we're playing in a preseason game, like our mindset is do our best and try to try to win the game. And, and, um, you know, I don't know. It's 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 a slippery slope because jobs jobs are definitely on the line mm-hmm. uh, in those in those bad situations.
1: So so do you think that's what they'll do? Is sort of turn to looking at some younger guys and get a sense if there's some other folks on this roster who can play?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know. I haven't. I, I'm my mind's not there with that team yet. Um, you know, this is this is a head-scratcher of a season for this team. I mean, you, you just look at, like, you know what the formula is that Pete Carroll wants. And it just feels like in the games that they've played, it's almost like people were reminded that it was a good formula, and they did it to Seattle. You know, so, like, it, I don't know that, it's just like, I feel like, like, I feel like if Seattle went and played Washington again tomorrow, <laughs> after having watched the film, and have, like, a look in the mirror, they would go beat them. They'd go beat them handily. You know, and, and but they didn't. They didn't make adjustments as quickly as they needed to. They didn't they didn't make the putts that they had to make. You know, like, Oh, I could have made that putt. Yeah, but you didn't. You didn't you didn't make the putt. Like but so if they got a do over on that game, I feel like they would win it. You know, if they got a do over on a bunch of these games, I feel like they could win it. But it's just um uh, I don't think you just trash everything and you you just say, Oh, it's a complete youth movement because because you um uh, You know, just had a bad season. Well, and
1: and the other issue there is what does it do with Russ? I mean, you know, we're just listening to some of the national folks, and I I know that you're not necessarily of this opinion, but you just kind of buzzed through national radio and television yesterday. I mean, I could play you sound of Marcus Spears saying, Russ is out of here. I had Jason McIntyre heard him saying, you know, kind of going through the teams that Russ now fits with. And this morning on ESPN radio with Keyshawn, they were going through how Russ and Sean Payton both end up with the Giants and other kind of theories like that. I mean, you know, that has to now become at least part of the conversation here in Seattle is how do you figure out how to press forward with your three stars in Pete, Russ and, and John?
2: I would say no one knows your local team better than you do like the national narrative that it's impossible for them to know your team. Like all these people talking about these, like they didn't I promise you, they're not watching the three and eight Seahawks and studying that film. Like they didn't like Russ did not have a very good third quarter in that game. Like I, I would be surprised if anybody knows that nationally, you know, they're just, they're getting the highlights. They're reading stats. Um, I think the answer to the question is, how do we get Russell Wilson to play like Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. I think that, to me, that's the solution on offense. Um, and then there's a lot of things in hindsight. You wish you wouldn't, you wish, you know, we wish we could have done this different. I wish we could have done that, that different. But you can't, you can't, there's nothing you can do about those things. What can you do? You can, what can you affect? You can affect how this offense goes, plays going forward. You have one of the most talented quarterbacks. You need to, you need to help him start playing like himself again. Yeah,
1: it's it's interesting. You say some of that. We were, we were talking about some of that this morning, and and trying to figure out, you know, how you press forward and what Jody Allen does as as the owner of this team and how she moves forward. And I, you know, I, I'm kind of of the similar belief that I, you don't just blow things up because you're mad because you're emotional after a game or anything like that. But you do have to kind of think about how how you put guys in the best position to succeed. You know, get Pete doing what Pete does best. Get John doing what he does best. Get Russ doing what he does best. And, and and for me, with Pete, that's being a leader. I mean, wh- when you look at Pete Carroll, what does he do best?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the thing. That would be my biggest question for this team. This is a storm like this group of uh, Seahawks people have not seen before. This is that kind of storm. Can they stick together in that storm? If they can stick together in this kind of a storm, then this is the right group to stay together. Mm-hmm. Like Because that, that, that makes all these words and these social media posts and all this stuff, that makes it real. And it's not just talk because talk is cheap. So if they can stick together and not point fingers and then quite honestly, be honest, you know, I, I get it. Like we're not going to, you know, criticize publicly, uh, you know, at a press conference or whatever, but I, I've told you before, I think one of the best things when I was playing for the Seahawks with Pete Carroll's head coach, one of the things I appreciated the most was tell the truth Monday. I think that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth Monday because I love, you know, the positive positivity and all that is really great. You know, it's really great but you also got to deal in reality and you got to say, Hey, this is what happened on this play. And this is, this is who needs to do a better job. And that's coaching. And that's, you know, that, that's great. Like that, that's, that, that's, that's what you need to improve and get better and get stuff fixed. And that was my experience when I played for this group. And, um, if they're going to get it fixed, they got to tell the truth and stick together and, and, and not come with these, like, Oh, it was kind of a moral victory. We could have won. Like, it's not that moral victory. you like, you're the Seahawks. You're you're not you're not the. I don't want to name teams. There's a, lot, there's a lot of teams out there that they're, they live in a moral victory world, mm-hmm. and, and that's not that's not the standard that they've set.
1: No, that's not the culture that Pete's built here. I think that's what 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 I think about when I think of Pete is is just building that kind of winning culture and being the overall force to 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 move an organization forward. And I thought it was telling how hard his team and especially his defense played in that game on Monday night. I mean, you're watching it and thinking. It should have been a blowout for Washington just based on the way the offense was playing, and yet it wasn't. And ends up being a two-point game at the end and a play away from them tying it up just because of how hard they played.
2: Yeah, and I, again, I think like, like the not pointing fingers thing, it would be very easy to be like, oh, time of possession, def- uh, offense, you're not staying on the field. Hey, defense, you're allowed to get off the field. <laughs> like, you're allowed to get off the field. Like you made Taylor Heineke and company look like, you know, all pros. Like you're allowed to get off the field. It's a two way street. And I think that's the, that's the situation that they're in. It's not, it's not going to be like finger pointing. It's going to be, Hey guys, we're not pointing fingers, but let's all look in the mirror. Let's all look in the mirror. Are we wrapping up on defense or are we just trying to get the peanut punch? Like there's a lot of things there. There's a, there's a lot of, and even when you win a game, there's so many things that you can look at and say hey here's where we need to improve here's where we need to improve that's when you win a game and now when you've won 3 games in a season to start and two of one was against a rookie quarterback in San Fran and the other was against a rookie quarterback in Jacksonville there's enough to fix so this you know like the danger would be in a in a season like this is that one side of the ball is like hey we're doing our job look at the stats mm. it's like hey you know that that's not it we're in this together. Let's all fix what we can fix.
1: What did you think of the defense on Monday night and how it's kind of grown here over the last month or two?
2: Yeah, listen, I, I kind of, I feel like I kind of, you know, said it a little bit. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to get off the field. Like, yeah. yeah, you're limiting explosive plays. Great. That's awesome. But get off the field, too. Like, your defense, your offense is struggling. <laughs> uh, you know, I mentioned the Baltimore Ravens that are playing the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland The Cleveland Browns' offense, they've got a great run game. They just, they picked their quarterback up, they picked Lamar Jackson up. You know Baker Mayfield was sacked a bunch of times, turning the ball over a bunch of times. Nick Chubb did nothing. Kareem Hunt did nothing. Like if that—that's—that's that's team football. Like hey, you're you're down today, we'll pick you up. And I just I, I don't think that that has really, I don't think that's really happened at all for this team. Um, you know, no one's no one's risen above the expectations. They've just all been you know okay
1: got Matt Hasselbeck with me here uh, as we do every Wednesday for the Matt Hasselbeck Show. We are going to announce our uh, Seahawks code word coming up here in a few minutes for your chance to win a pair of tickets. See the Seahawks and the 49ers this Sunday. Uh, you can find tickets for the matchup and the Seahawks special offer for a holiday ticket pack at Seahawks.com slash tickets. So we'll give you that coming up here in about 10 minutes. Um, you know, you, we've talked a lot about Jamal Adams, and it was nice to see him over the last couple of weeks, Matt, come up with some interceptions and start to look maybe more like the player that the Seahawks, you know, spent all these draft picks on. He's going to have to, as you, as you start thinking about this draft and knowing that as of right now, what is that, like the number four or five pick that they'd be given to New York? I mean, that that could be the kid Thibodeau out of Oregon. It could be pass rusher from Michigan. I mean, like, there's some really good players that can be had in the top five of this draft. Um what what are you seeing are you seeing any of that improvement from Jamal Adams
2: Yeah I mean that's tough I mean it's like I'm in a fantasy league and you know I took my fantasy draft very seriously it's yeah. hard it's hard like you'd love you'd love some do-overs and you know not to throw rocks at that situation but like you know everyone can be Monday morning quarterback and hindsight's 2020 but um I would imagine they would that trade they would probably want to do over uh given given where they're at right mm-hmm.
0: now
1: yeah, it, it's it's that, I mean, picks at that type of, that spot in the first round. I mean, we haven't seen one here since Russell Okung, right? I mean, like, it's been that long since the Seahawks have Yeah, and, and
2: even it, that, it's a it's a hit or miss in the draft. Sure. You know, like, just because just you have the, a top ten pick in the draft, that doesn't mean it's a, you know, it doesn't mean it's an automatic home run. You know, I just, I again, you know... I just look at it I think from a quarterback's perspective and you kind of look at what teams how they've chosen to attack the Seahawks defense. Um they they're not intimidated by it, this isn't the Legion of Boom, you know. And it's um so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, well
1: you got to hit, right? I mean and we've seen it at times. I mean there there's a couple examples. I think we talked well I guess I didn't talk to you last week, but there was the the play where in the Arizona game they they had a guy and maybe you remember this one. Uh, they had the running back six seven yards behind the first down line on a on a on a four on a third and ten, and it's like a little four yard dump off to the running back, and he still manages to beat a couple of guys to that to that spot and get the first down. It's like it's been those types of plays over the course of the year that just seem to add up for them, where, yeah, where they're just me, not able to make that play.
2: Well, you got to be together, you know. You got to be together. You got to be playing assignment football you got to make tackles. Uh, you know, I it drives me nuts when I see guys standing around with no knee bend around a tackler. Like, go to the ground. Go tackle them. Get in there. Like, don't go celebrate. You know, like, help the guys. How about a gang tackle? You know, everyone's just punching at the ball. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, again, I think it goes back to just looking in the mirror. You know, and, and, and uh, like I said, even the teams that are really, really good, the New England Patriots, the Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, people that are in first place in their divisions, they can... Say, they're, they're all looking at their film and saying, we could really improve. Mm. We could improve a lot.
1: If you're the quarterback and, of this group, Matt, what do you say to them? What, what, what is your what is your job as a leader, as the quarterback of a group that's struggling a little bit like this? What do you do to try to affect positive change?
2: Number one, I think in-house, and I'm sure Russ is really great at this, but number one, in-house, you take the blame publicly to them. Like You take any blame that you can take, you take it as you. Not we got to do this, I got to do this. And I'm sure he's doing that. And then the challenge I think for everybody is kind of like what I've been saying is every each one of us has to look in the mirror and just do your job a little bit better. You don't have to do anyone else's job. You don't have to come up with creative ideas on how somebody else's job could be done better. You do your job better and that collectively will get, get this team to start winning close games and get them over the hump because you know, it's, it's, like, this season, you know, I know there'll be a positive spin here. I sort of don't like it because it feels like moral victory talk. But there's a bunch of these games that they could have won. And, you know, they just didn't. Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Tennessee, you know, Green Bay. Like, they, they oh, we could have won that. We could have. Minnesota. We could have. But, um, but you will. You will if everyone collectively just plays better at their job
1: all right good stuff Matt Hasselbeck with us of course for the entire hour here we got a a fun group of stories coming up with ranked in 20 minutes so uh, I think you should want to stick around for that I want to talk some NFL issues with Matt as well and get some more quarterback questions for him and then we got those tickets to, to go see the Seahawks and Niners coming up here in just five minutes so don't go anywhere more with Matt Hasselbeck coming up next here on 710 ESPN Seattle The Matt Hasselbeck Show, presented by Infinity of Bellevue and Linwood.
0: Every Wednesday from 9
1: to 10. Powered through the Alaska
0: Airlines Studio. On 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Right now, uh, before we talk some more to Matt, let's announce the Matt Hasselbeck Show Seahawks code word. Go to 710sports.com slash win enter the code word Everett. E-V-E-R-E-T-T, as in number 81 for the Seahawks tight end, Gerald Everett. Do it by the end of the show to be entered to win two tickets to the Seahawks host the Niners this Sunday. Remember, code word will expire at 10 a.m. Details and rules at 710sports.com slash win. Enter the code word there of Everett. Um, You got to know how to spell that, by the way. Well, that's why I always try to help the people. Spelling shouldn't be a prerequisite for going to a Seahawks game, right? I mean, you got to know how to spell Everett. Well, it's competitive. It's competitive. So it's competitive. <laughs> so you compete every day here with Pete. I like uh,
2: Gerald Everett. I'd like to see him involved more. I it, really it
1: seems like they've been trying. I mean, they got him involved a little bit this past week, right? I mean, he was he was involved a whole lot more than DK Metcalf yeah. was.
2: I feel like he's like the afterthought. Like, uh, look downfield, look downfield. Then, okay, you can have something.
1: But, how, how do yeah. you end up going three quarters without looking at DK Metcalf? How does that happen?
2: I don't know. Like, Here's how. Ready? In the first uh, half, they had... 11 passes, I think. 11. So, you know, it, given 40 tries, they would have. But in right. 11, it's just tough. And, and you're trying to establish the run. So. Yeah. And yeah, you just don't um, have it we're, moving we're moving on. All right. On. We're moving San, on. San, San Fran. San Fran. We're moving on. New week.
1: <laughs> like talking to hit Belichick the, here. This is hit, great.
2: Hit, hit, hit the clear button. What, uh, let me just
1: talk a little bit more broadly about the NFL because we've seen a, a whole bunch of these quarterbacks this year struggling. Guys that have had success in the past, whether it's Matt Stafford or Josh Allen or Russell, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's a whole bunch of guys. What do you think's going on in the NFL this year? Even Patrick Mahomes hasn't had the the same kind of a year that we'd expect from him. What do you think's going on in the NFL?
2: Yeah, to their standard, but there's, those guys are still all in first place in their division. Sure. You know, Patrick Mahomes is in first place. Ryan Tannehill's in first place. Lamar Jackson's in first place. Dak Prescott, he's even had bad games. First place. Uh, Aaron Rodgers started out. I told you he's the w- worst quarterback in the league week one. First place. Uh, Brady had a couple bad games. Like, like, yeah, it's, you guys are human. It's a, it's a roller coaster of a season. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but, uh, but, there's still a, there's a standard that like you're trying to achieve, and that's usually the standard that those types of quarterbacks have set for themselves. But then there's like a bare minimum standard, you know, and 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 uh, and and that's that's I think the the challenge for the teams that are really struggling right now.
1: Do Do you think that defenses are starting to catch up with some of the new passing concepts that have been introduced over the last few years? I mean, is that making quarter? I understand that the best are still rising to the top, but are are there are there new defensive schemes? Are they change? Like, what do you think's going on in terms of that?
2: Yeah, I think some of it is uh, people like like the Sean McVay scheme when it came on the scene. You know, kind kind of that uh, Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay scheme. It was new and it was really tough for everybody to, to 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 defend. And now a bunch of people are running that scheme. The Jets are running that scheme. Seattle, Cincinnati. Um, so people are a little bit better. They're more equipped to handle it. But it's the same offense and like. The New York Jets are running this scheme, and they're running the ball pretty well. The Cincinnati Bengals are passing it well, running it well. Um, you know, The San Francisco 49ers struggled early in the year. Now they're running this offense well. The Rams were great, 7-1 to start the year. Now they're really struggling and have lost three in a row. Um, Seattle, obviously, is struggling offensively uh, since week one. So it, I think it just comes down to execution. You know, in and, and little details. And, you know, I mentioned you weren't here last week, but, you know, you were sipping wine down in Bend, <laughs> Oregon. But I just mentioned, like, the lack of precision in the passing game. And, like, I'm looking for that, and that's what I see. But if I'm seeing it in the passing game, I'm sure there's a lack of precision in the running game, just, just, just the same. Mm. So just those little, little details. You know, I just remember, like, in my career, what usually helped us fix that was okay let's say we have 40 plays in a game plan let's cut it down to 20 play like let's do less better let's not just be okay at a lot of things let's be really 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 great at uh a few things and 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 i think that's what you've seen with some. like cincinnati's a great example they're they're great at throwing the ball and then they just said hey um we're not great at running the ball and going into the Raider game. They said, you know what? We're going to make this a point of emphasis, and here's how we're going to do it, and here's how we're going to get better. And now they're one of the best running, running uh, teams in the NFL this month. It's because they've, just, they've really focused in on being more precise in everything that they're doing offensively. Do
1: you think that one scheme is better than another in, in the NFL like in terms of like an overall offensive ideol- ideology? Or are you just, hey, as long as you can execute it, it doesn't really matter what, you, what you're starting with?
2: No, I really don't think the style matters, but I will say this, and this is something that Teddy Bruschi said on our Sunday NFL Countdown show. He said, a great run game never goes out of style. And I just kind of think about it because, you know, I sort of agree. It's not even that you have to run the ball. You just have to be committed in a way that they have to honor that you're running the ball. And I, and I think back to like the early years of this the Seattle offense when it was uh, you know Russ and Marshawn Lynch it was a lot of play action a lot of naked bootlegs a lot of uh, you know there were screens there were shots great shot this is a great shot team but it was all based off the premise of hey we have to honor the 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 run fake or that you will run the ball there's a lot of teams in the NFL that talk about running the ball and then there's teams that actually do run the ball mm-hmm. and and there's a difference and um, and 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 I think. I think that that's something that just doesn't go out of style.
1: It's funny. We, we talked to Pete about that yesterday. I mean, he really spoke specifically to just how important that is. You know,
0: I think it's interesting, too, that it's it's kind of coming out. I've heard a couple different commentaries about, you know, there's a lot of teams that are being successful right now, and they're running the football well. Well, it, you know, there was a time a couple years ago that, you know, or maybe it's always been the case since we've been here, that people questioned, you know, my commitment to the running game. Well, that's never changed, and it's because the game isn't, different in that regard oh everybody's got to throw for 400 yards a game no you don't you gotta win you know and you gotta do the things right to, so that you have the chance to do that and and the running game is at the heart of of, of all of that uh for many reasons we don't need to go into all that but um I, I don't think the illustration could be more more obvious and and that's you know we're always shooting for that kind of balance
2: it sounds like you agree with pete Ah,
0: yeah, as well it's very well said
2: and and i think a great example of that is the la ramps Like the LA Rams, like they started out 7 and 1, they're scoring 32 points a game everything's you know fun play action shots you know spinning ball all around the field where you know that quarterback's cooking all that kind of stuff and then people like really looked at it and said you know what do we have to they're not going to run the ball like who are we who are we afraid of they're they're not going to commit to this they're kind of they're not that tough they're not intimidating up front and these pass rushers that they have they're great pass rushers I fell for it too they're great pass rushers but are they really sound in their run gap integrity like could we challenge them on both sides of the ball the last three, like this month, I think – actually, I read this. I hope I'm right about this. The Detroit Lions have a better record this month than the Rams, like somehow, because <laughs> there's a tie. Because they got one tie. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like what happened to the Rams? I think they've been exposed of who they really are up front and how – Committed, they really are to the run game, hmm. and in you know, like I said, on defense too, it all works. It works hand in hand, and so you know, I think Pete's right. I, I, the irony is, I don't necessarily see that out of out of the Seahawks. Right,
1: their commitment to it, nor their success in doing it. And we've asked Pete about it, and he says, "Look, you know, w- without Chris Carson, without a Marshawn Lynch, without a either a bell cow running back or a, or a tandem, and and with an offensive line that it just has never quite clicked." It's just not the same, and and I well, think it's been yeah, challenging but, for them.
2: Yeah, but it's it's okay. Like you, you just got to get more out of your completion plays. Mm. Like your checkdowns to the running back can't get one yard; they got to get four yards. You know, like that. That's and you can't just miss. Like if a guy's just. Just completely wide open on a short throw, like you just can't miss him. Like you can't just that that can't happen. Um, and and that's where the health of the quarterback with his finger, like something something's got to come into question. Like is he not trust the offensive line? Is his finger not right? Like we don't recognize. Like um, we got to get him back on track so that the offense can stay on the field. And you have those opportunities to c- kind of commit to the run game and all that stuff.
1: All good questions. And and we'll see if we can figure out some of that, uh, some of those answers over these last six weeks of this season. Uh, I mentioned once again, go to 710sports.com slash win. Enter the code word Everett, E-V-E-R-E-T-T. You can be entered to win a pair of tickets. to the Seahawks and Niners on Sunday. That code word will expire at 10 a.m. So you only got about 20 minutes left to do so. Up next with Matt. We got another great ranking. I've got a sneak preview of some of the stories Matt's about to tell, and I think they're going to be worth sticking around for. So don't go anywhere. Mike Salk Show with Matt Hasselbeck, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwamfor's house. Top five, top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. My- Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 9.45 on the Mike Salk Show. That's top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked.
1: Alright, so much fun to do this with Matt Hasselbeck. We've gotten some of our best stories out of Matt while ranking things. So Matt, let's uh, let's finish up here, perhaps. Perhaps you saw Kirk Cousins line up under the guard and then have to call a timeout. That yeah, ever happened that, to you?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, it happens. I never called a timeout, but, you know, usually it's the middle linebacker that's like, hey, hey, QB, just slide over one. You know, The middle linebacker happens. lets you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're laughing at you. It's, it's tough. It's Aww. tough. What's going on out there this guy's
1: got to all look sort of similar from your from your angle right I mean yeah yeah, that's true kind of true here's Kirk Cousins talking about it afterwards
2: yeah I was just moving trying to get everybody settled up and then just got on i got under the wrong guy. It happens. <laughs> happens. I'll, I'll stay away from that one. <laughs> happens to I, the best. I time. saw Mina Kimes' tweet that was pretty funny on that. <laughs> uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from that one. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, with that being said, yeah, funniest pre- mental lapses you've seen I, I, during oh, games?
2: Yeah, number five, not that funny, not that funny, but kind of funny now because he's he's okay. I was on the sideline in Green Bay and in a goal line play, this tight end we had took a really bad hit. And the athletic trainer says, Hey, I think that guy might have got hit in the head. Can you ask him what that play was and see if he remembers it or whatever? See if he seems right. So as the player's running off the field, I kind of meet him. And I'm like, hey, man, what play was that you guys just ran? And he's like, what play? I'm like, that play you just ran. He goes, oh, I wasn't in on that play. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, ah, uh, oh, go, no. go, go see the trainer. Go see the trainer. So no. it, it, it's, you know, it's not – it's funny now because he's totally fine. But uh, it wasn't funny Yikes. at the time. But So anyway, sticking with that theory of like – okay, so one year – I think Jim Mora was the head coach. Our fullback was this guy, Owen Schmidt, fullback from West Virginia. And he's getting introduced for player introductions. And he takes his helmet off, and as he's running out of the huddle, he starts headbutting himself in the head with his helmet and gashes his forehead up. I think he needed stitches. We couldn't really use him in the game that day. He was the only fullback that we dressed coaches were so mad at him like hey we appreciate your toughness but what what are you doing this is not a smart move
1: i remember that guy he was he was a bit of a he was an odd duck right i mean he's kind of an out there dude no, he was, he was a great guy, really? great
2: teammate, totally normal. But like you know, he played a position fullback where you kind of got to go to a dark place to do your job, you know, some, sometimes. And and he kind of got in that like dark place where he was going to battle, and he hurt himself. He was a mohawk guy. He was
1: yeah, big mohawk guy.
2: Yeah, I would do a mohawk, but I can't do a mohawk. No. I get the reverse <laughs> of a mohawk. Yes, <laughs> options. It's good luck. It's for more, more the
1: bozo the clown look. Yeah. Yeah. All
2: yeah. right. A third one here, okay? When I was in college, they changed the overtime rules to, like, you go for two after a certain amount of time, like you put the ball in the fifth, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're playing Miami. We had never beat Miami when I was at BC. Never beat them. Well, long story short, we decided to go for two when we didn't have to. We had, like, one more overtime to go till we had to go for two. We go for two when we could have just kicked an extra point. Our band is playing while we're in the shotgun – our center Damian Woody can't hear me. He snaps the ball before I oh, before no. I call for it, and if we lo- we end up losing the game. Reggie Wayne catches a uh, touchdown pass, and we lose the game. It was all on us, though. Like we didn't know the rules. Like what 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 are we doing? <laughs> oh, How bad are we? Has, has BC beaten Miami since then? Oh, of course they have. Okay, not 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 are what you I sure. And, yeah, of course. Come on, Miami—they're not even good
1: anymore. What are you talking about? I don't know. Just make sure. It seems like one of those matchups where it always goes one way.
2: Yeah, I think they're looking for a new coach uh, soon there down there. But all right, sticking with college. Okay, we're playing Temple. Okay, this is embarrassing as well. Coin toss. You go out there for the coin toss. You either defer or you receive. Mm-hmm. We're playing Temple. They choose to kick, and the ref's like, "You really want to kick?" And like, "Yep, we want to kick." He's like, "All right, you can kick." So they kicked in the first half and they kicked in the second half, and that was the rule back then. And somehow. We still tied them. I don't know how, but um, you know. So that was even that though was you a- got an
1: extra possession
2: out of them, <laughs> we got an extra possession for free. Here you go. You can just have it because we don't know how to do the coin toss against noted powerhouse Temple. I know, pretty bad. The
1: but, um, that, they, they did they change that a few years ago, or did they just award? I remember it happened in an NFL game where somebody made the same mistake. They said they wanted to kick instead of instead yeah. of deferring, but I think they gave it to him anyway. I think it was a Cowboys game. And yeah, I they I'm, gave it yeah, to him in right. the second half anyway it was like the refs decided that's not really what he meant
2: Exactly that's, that's kind exactly of what happened well, the the refs, I will say, like I've t- we've talked about officiating on here a lot, and it's an art, and uh, it's sometimes it's not very good art, but it's still art. Does, <laughs> this, know, <laughs> doesn't
1: this doesn't seem like they've sort of gone out of their way in the league the last few years to like eliminate some of those mental, boneheaded plays that would happen like on kickoffs around the goal line, or yep. it seems like they've made that a whole lot easier than when we were pl- you know when we were well, growing uh, up and, and or you were playing the yeah, game.
2: Yeah, and I don't even know if you guys know this, but when they sometimes will say, oh, holding a number whatever whatever, that penalty is declined half the time they don't even ask you like the refs make the decision for you so you don't even have to be an idiot and screw it up (laughs) the refs will be like you want to decline this right you're like uh yeah it's kind of like me at vegas when i'm playing blackjack i'm like i'm gonna hit he's like i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay
1: it's like the dealer (laughs) helping you out like let me me help you with the book here (laughs) thank you yeah Yeah, so that's that's officiating a little bit (laughs) yeah you don't want to hit 16 against the against the four Exactly. All right. Uh, the number one uh, mental lapse you've seen on a football field.
2: Well, this is kind of funny. So I'm with the Indianapolis Colts, and we're playing the Denver Broncos. And I can't remember if it was a playoff game. It might have been. But uh, we're in a two-minute drive, and Andrew Luck, we got a wristband on or whatever. And Andrew Luck's on a drive, and Vaughn Miller sacks him. And, you know, whatever. We end with a field goal or something like that. And we come out for the second half, and Andrew can't find his wristband. And he's like, oh, man, I, I think Vaughn Miller stole my wristband. At the end, in that two-minute drive in the second quarter. And we're like, what? No way. We're, like, alerting, like, the equipment guys who are alerting, like, the NFL officials. Like, hey, that's not right. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I just had a bad feeling. And I'm like, I go to, like, the youngest equipment guy. I'm like, hey, will you go just run in the locker room and just check his locker? Because, like, this is a big accusation. You know, I I don't know. So he runs in there, and he's like, he comes back out 10 minutes later. He's like, all right, it was not in his locker. But I did find this wristband with all the plays on it. in In the toilet stall, oh no <laughs> so so I mean crisis uh, averted you know it was great, but it was uh, it's kind of it was a funny story, oh well, we don it what was, does uh, Luck
1: say when he's confronted with that later? I, it's
2: like listen, it's like lining up under the under the guard <laughs> instead of the center. You got he's a got lot of the your wrong plate. guy. You got a lot. You know, it's just you got like a lot. You know, there's not a lot of time at halftime to to make adjustments, get some Gatorade or whatever, and also go to the bathroom, especially not that kind of a bathroom. So you know, you, you got limited <laughs> time, and uh, you know, like I said, we were in a two minute drive, and then we had the ball coming out in the second half. I think so. That is, you know, uh, it's that, just a mental lapse. It happens. It happens. You laugh at. Uh, you
1: move on. I don't know about you. That that is truly like the nightmares that I get are always like I'm asked to go play, you know, football and I don't have my cleats, or I'm asked to go play baseball and I don't have my glove, or any like it's my that's my stress have, nightmare. Have you ever gotten to a golf
0: course and not had your clubs?
2: No, but I probably <laughs> had the dream that I oh, had. Like I have those me. dreams all the time. And poor Andrew Luck, it actually happened to. Me. You know, mine is, uh, I, I fly to New York City for our, for our Sunday morning pregame show, and I'm always like, did I bring dress shoes today? Like, did I bring dress shoes? Like, I'm just That's like my... Uh, do they even you know. see your feet on it? Yeah, for two segments. Like, you got Mossed, and then I do this, like, Okay, so they got to like, be able to see your
1: shoes. Feet. you got to look good.
2: Yeah, well, or I, I prefer just to not look bad, actually. Right. <laughs> but just don't look bad. Just don't <laughs> let Randy Moss show you up. Well, he'll be in Jordan's. He wears sneakers regardless. So, but he can pull you know. that off. He pulls it off.
1: He can bit. pull off whatever he wants. Yeah, pretty much. Matt, uh always fun, man. We will do it again next week. Thanks for hanging out for an hour. Feel better, man. We'll talk next week, okay? Yeah,
2: let's get late. Let's get a win, huh? Let's All get right. a win. There
1: you go. There's let's uh go. there's Matt Hasselbeck. We talk to him every Wednesday for the Matt Hasselbeck show at nine AM. Jake and Stacy coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow morning at six AM. Let's see if Jerry DePoto can pull off one more move. He said today's a business day, so let's see if he can get something done. We'll see you guys at six AM. Goodbye.